Getting your first logbook is an exciting time in any aviator's journey. But as time goes on, there's different types of flying to do, more columns to fill in, and more definitions to understand in order to log it all correctly. In this episode, I'll take you through the definitions you need to know to ensure you're doing everything legally and make sure you're counting every hour properly. All that coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. From Redcliffe to Rottnest Island, Ramanginning to Renmark and everywhere in between, this is the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. How are you going? I'm your host, Trent Robinson. Thank you for joining us for another great episode this week. Hope you've all been good. Had a uh, lovely time with my wife just down in Melbourne very, very quickly. A little birthday run. Uh, go down and see uh, some theatre and have a bit of a feed and check things out. It was great. I was actually looking forward to escaping the heat of Darwin and uh, having some cooler weather, but Darwin, Melbourne, uh, rather, decided to turn on 31 and 37 degrees, so that didn't work for us. And uh, today, Monday, as you're listening to this, it should be a cool 21. So we only missed it by a day. Anyway, still had a great time and it was uh, nice to be there, albeit for, you know, a couple of days. Um, today's episode, logbooks, logging of flight time. I'll tell you what, this is one of those episodes where I started doing a little bit of research just to make sure I've got it all right myself. And you know when you know something, but you just cannot find it anywhere. And I found that a couple of times. Funnily enough, it was all in the right area and where I was looking, but I just wasn't seeing it. Because the way the definitions and and things of logging time and uh, how we sort of think of it and apply it sometimes can be really, really confusing. And I even confused myself again, which, you know, doesn't take much with the regs. And I know it's hard for a lot of you, and a lot of you have been asking about logging in flight time and ICAS in, in particular. So, Elor Revheads, this one's for you. Talk about wording and confusing. And uh, yeah, anyway, let's get into it. It's a bit of a minefield. So, this is one of those episodes I strongly recommend you listen to what I have to say. <laughs> Hopefully, it makes some sense. But. You need to pull out the regs on this one and read through it with me so you understand what's going on, otherwise you might get a little bit lost. All right, but uh, yeah, I totally understand why there's uh, some phenomenal interpretations out there of logging flight time and what can and can't be logged and how you can do it. So let's get rid of all the creative interpretation of things and uh, get down to the black and white nuts and bolts of it all. So... Where do I go to find logging of flight time information? Well, what's logging of flight time got to do with? Flying, licensing, pilot license stuff. So this is all CASRs part 61. Now, possibly a part of 61, (laughs) a part of part 61 that you haven't read before or skipped right over, which is right in the beginning. So 61.070. Flight to which Division 61A2 applies for this division. God, see, we're going into it already. Flight means, so here's the first definition. What is flight? Because I've got to log flight time. I need to know what flight is, don't we? So flight means, got your pens and pencils ready, 
flight in an aeroplane. <laughs> and you sort of go, well, I guess it's not in a paper plane, is it? But there you go, an aeroplane or a helicopter. And just before I continue, I'm just going to keep this about aeroplanes and helicopters. I'm not going into uh, gyrocopters and hot air balloons and airships and all this other stuff. I'm keeping it to the majority of your listenership's requirements. All right. But if any airship uh, pilots or gyrocopter pilots are listening, please don't be offended. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. All right. Next bit. Aeronautical. Oh, see? Aeronautical experience. 61. Look, I've just got off a plane. It's midnight. Okay. So I'm doing this for all you. I hope you appreciate it. 61.075. Definition of aeronautical experience for part 61. A person's aeronautical experience is as follows. For a pilot, the total of the person's flight time as pilot, the person's simulated flight time, and I won't read the last one. It's a person's, well, I'm going to read it. It's a person's tethered flight time, which is to do with helicopters tied to decks and stuff. I don't know. Someone can tell me what that's all about. I thought it was drones when I first read it, but there you go. It's actually in the definitions if you want to know. All right, so aeronautical experience for a pilot is the total of their flight time and simulated flight time. And this is where we have the first totals on the bottom of your logbook where we can add everything up. But just remember uh, log time as far as total aeronautical time overinflated by simulated flight time. Um, most employers, if you're looking for jobs, that sort of stuff, aren't interested in that because it's not a real time, even though it is aeronautical experience. They want to know seat behind the wheel of an actual physical aeroplane time. All right, next one is definition of flight time as a pilot for part 61. So that's 61.080, and we're pretty much just going to work our way through from there, so I won't necessarily give all the, the references. A person's flight time as a pilot is the duration of the following flights. A solo flight, a flight in which a person receives training, i.e. dual training. If the person is an instructor, the time that they're doing instructing, examiner, time they're doing examining. I'm obviously paraphrasing. The person's flight time is pilot command, person's flight time under supervision, uh, pilot command under supervision, ICUS, and co-pilot time. So they're all the definitions of flight time. And I'm going, okay, cool. But this doesn't exactly tell us what we need to log, does it? just tells us every time I go flying, we get to log it. And this was the first part that was just doing my head in. I'm like, okay, there's something about moving under our own power and where all this fits in. And then, of course, I reread it again on the plane this afternoon, getting home, and I'm like, the duration. Aha, there it is. So back into the definitions in the beginning of 61, and finally I found it. Again, I know the answer, but just trying to find it. Duration. What does duration mean? And I must admit it was good to read again, but it doesn't necessarily clarify things because it's not necessarily how people do this. Let's have a look at it. Duration of a flight means, A, for a flight in an aeroplane, the time from the moment the aircraft begins moving, whether or not it's under its own power in preparation for flight until the moment it comes to rest at the end of the flight, or B, for a helicopter, the time the moment the rotor's blade or the aircraft rotor blades start turning until the moment the rotor blades stop until the aircraft comes to rest. And I'm like, okay, so what's 
the difference between an aeroplane propeller turning and me operating the radios and equipment and getting all set up and ready to go and a helicopter. If there's any helicopter pilots out there can tell me, are you actually doing anything much different to us? But, you know, I, not to take anything away from anyone, but I do watch helicopters take off and it looks like you're doing the same stuff we are. Now, I, I do find these two definitions a bit contrasting. Um, during my time at CareFlight, I had to get a certain number of King Air hours and all that sort of stuff. And especially in the beginning, sitting there on the tarmac for anywhere up to half an hour sometimes whilst we got everything ready, but not logging anything, even though I was doing stuff in this aeroplane. It seems a bit odd. Um, but a helicopter could log it the way I read it. And then from the time a moment of from the time from the moment the aircraft begins moving whether or not under its own power. Now, I don't, what does it mean? People outside start pushing and you get to log it. I just, I'm really trying to get my head around that one. If, if it's on the, the tug, when you start tugging it out of the hangar, can you start logging then? Confusing. But the majority of people will take that as engine started. As soon as you start to move forward for taxiing, you can log it. Sometimes we always joke, start the engine, roll forward, check your brakes, stop, and then go back into all your checks and you can log from then and that solves the problem, I guess. But um, a lot of flight schools will tend to fly and log VDO time. VDO is just the the brand of the timer if people are wondering where VDO comes from. Um, in other words, engine start to engine stop, which is what most people will do and most people log. And that obviously benefits us all because um, if we log that way, we'll get more flight hours. But Strictly speaking, potentially not what duration actually encompasses, but why the difference between aeroplane and helicopter, I don't know. All right, moving on. 61090, definition of flight time as pilot in command. So a person's flight time as pilot in command of an aircraft is the duration of a flight for which the person is the pilot in command of the aircraft. Okay, I guess I should have seen that one coming. So let's check the definition of pilot in command. And we have, in relation to a flight of an aircraft, means the pilot designated by the operator of the aircraft as being in command and charged with the safe conduct of the flight. Okay, so if you're the boss, you get to log it. All right, here's the big one. ICUS. Dun, dun, dun. In command under supervision. My God, have I heard some perlers with this one. So, definition of ICUS is, one, a person's flight time as pilot in command under supervision is the duration of a flight if A, the person holds a pilot license, B, the person performs all duties of the pilot in command for the flight, and C, one of the two following sub-regulations apply. All right? And the big part here is the person performs all the duties of the pilot command for the flight. I'm going to come back to that in a sec. So let's have a look at these next two bits. So the sub-regulation applies to the flight if the flight is conducted by an operator that has training and checking responsibilities and the pilot in command of the flight is authorised by the operator or operators part 142 operator to conduct the supervision of the person. So any charter company that has line training, proficiency checks, any part 142 operation that is doing 
multi-crew training or tight rating training or all these other things, you can log ICUS in those scenarios. All right, and finally, part three, and then I'm going to come back to this. The sub-regulation applies if the person is supervised by a flight instructor or flight examiner and the person is not receiving flight training. So this is then why when you do a flight test, even if you might be a student pilot at the time, you can actually log it as ICUS because for that particular flight, you are demonstrating all the privileges of the license. You're acting in command of the aircraft and the examiner is not training you. They're not giving you any help. So you can log that as ICUS. And this is why with P, uh, IPCs and all that sort of stuff, you can do that. All right, so let's just come back to part two just to explore that a bit more. So the flight is conducted by an operator that has training and checking responsibilities. So this is all falling into part 121, 135 operations for line training and check flights. And very soon, uh, part 119, when that moves into 135 operations as well. So this is important because it will put to bed the nonsense that I have seen and heard for years gone by. Admittedly, it's not so bad these days. But two pilots get together, two mates, and uh, you're going flying together and trying to log ICUS and pilot command while you're both sitting in the same aeroplane, doubling your dollars. Completely illegal. All right. Back in the day, logging multi-engine time, we used to have to have 50 hours of twin time before you could teach it as an instructor. So this was a very common approach to me that I'm bringing along a friend and we're going to go flying and I'm going to log ICUS and you're going to log PIC. And I said, no, you're not. It's not there for you to be sitting there going flying whilst your mate sits in the other seat taking photos for Instagram and Facebook. Not what ICUS is. It's got to be under an operational regulation. So you can't be going getting ICUS off by yourself with a friend. All right. It's black and white right there. All right, part B, there's another one there we want to just talk about, which is uh, a definition of flight training. A person is not receiving flight training. So flight training for a flight crew license, rating, or endorsement means the training mentioned for the license, rating, or endorsement in 61.195. So it just goes through the licenses and ratings you can get. Now, this is important because this is a bit confusing. When does Jewel become ICUS? All right. So Jewel, I haven't actually mentioned that so far yet, but Jewel is obviously with an instructor when you're getting initial delivery of training. But again, training is a flexible word here. So if I'm giving you training, just say you're going to come up and see me and we're going to do an IPC preparation or a 210 check or something like that. You already hold a commercial license. You already hold a single-engine class rating endorsement. And you already hold, most likely, the manual propeller and retractable undercarriage design feature rating. Therefore, by definition, flight training is not taking place, even though it would be very natural to look at what you and I are doing together or I'm teaching you how to fly a 210 in the wet season or just in the Darwin airspace or whatever else. A form of training is taking place, but not by strict definition of flight training. So what we're doing can be all logged as ICUS, okay? Now you go, but you're not a check and training one for one operation. Well, I am because you're being observed by a flight instructor. And if we look at the bit before, um, 
that's, yeah, section three. All right. So it does count. And it's because of the definition of flight training that that works. All right. If uh, anything else you want to know about that, the other thing is the training is 61385. And I'm not going to go into a whole heap of instructor privileges and limitations and everything else, but the training that we're doing essentially is 61385 general competency training. So the word is being used, training, but not for initial flight training delivery. So it can all be ICAS. All right. And if you don't know what 61385 is, general competency rule, every pilot, whether you're a private pilot or a commercial pilot, industry pilot, whatever, it's in the beginning of part 61. It covers everything you read after it. So you need to know that one. So episode five, I go all through that and maybe go check that one out. All right. How are we going? How's our heads going? I know it's hurting me. Anyway, <laughs> let's have a look at instrument time now. Instrument time, 61105. We're getting through it. Definition of flight time for part 61. And I had some fun reading all this too. A person's instrument flight time is A, for the holder of an authorization mentioned in subregulation 2, other than a flight instructor or flight examiner. Any time spent piloting an aircraft solely by reference to instruments without external visual reference points in IMC or simulated IMC. And for a person that doesn't hold an authorization, basically dual time. Now, if we skip ahead quickly to Paris 2 and uh, have a look, it's essentially the authorizations are an instrument rating, a private instrument rating, flight in an aeroplane, or for a flight in an aeroplane with a multi-crew license. All right, and then C and D are for flight instructors and examiners, anytime conducting instructional work or uh, flight test work where you're actually in IMC conditions, you can log IMC. So this has changed a little bit. Um, the instructors and examiners in IMC conditions can now log IMC, whereas formerly uh, back in the day, it wasn't possible before part 61. and that's why I don't have anywhere near as much IF time as you might think because a lot of the time when the student was flying, I couldn't log it back then. And while we're on the topic of that, back in the day, you cannot go back and retrospectively fill in your logbook for hours. This was not when Part 61 existed before September 2014. Therefore, the rule didn't apply. So you can't go because the rule says now I can log it, I can go back and add a little extra time in can't be done. All right. So going through that part, A says if you're licensed to fly an aircraft, you can log instrument time. Part B says if you aren't licensed, you can if it's dual. All right. So if you want to get some IF in an aircraft with a friend, as per part A, there are two definitions to understand for correct terminology. And you can do so if you take a safety pilot with you. Well, no, another definition. Let's have a look. So we have to skip way forward now for 91.720.720, simulating IMC flying. Now, <clears throat> this one I did find quite interesting. The pilot in command of an aircraft for a flight contravenes a subregulation if during the flight IMC are simulated and a requirement mentioned in subregulation 2 is not met. Okay. Subregulation 2 says the requirements are the following. A pilot the safety pilot, in brackets, must occupy a seat, occupy a pilot seat, sorry, 
fitted with fully functioning flight controls and have adequate vision forward and to each side of the aircraft, right? So this is why um, screens put up in the windshield are no longer available, including newspapers and sunshields. Um, that's what we used to do. So now we have to use foggles so that the safety pilot can see, you know, basically through the, the pilot's side's window. And a pilot, the second pilot flying the aircraft under simulated IMC must occupy a pilot seat, obviously, again, fitted with fully functioning flight controls. And the safety pilot must be authorised or qualified to pilot the aircraft. And it goes into the Australian registered aircraft and foreign registered aircraft. So basically, as long as you've got a Part 61 Australian licence, you can do that. So the Part C is the key um, that allows two licensed pilots to act. One is a safety pilot, the other one flying and can be logging IF time. And just to break it down even further, if you have a look at the definitions of simulated flight time versus simulated IMC, might not have thought there was a difference, but which one do you think's which? Interestingly enough, simulated flight time means time spent in a flight simulation training device during which a pilot is performing the duties of a pilot. It's nice to know that a pilot is performing the duties of a pilot. I'd be worried if they're doing something else. All right, and then simulated IMC means flight in an aircraft or flight simulation training device during which the pilot is prevented from viewing the external horizon. So, yeah, simulated IMC is the airborne one, whereas simulated flight time is the simulator one. Seems a little bit contradictory, but there you go. And then finally, to wrap up the IF side of things, 61.110 definition of instrument ground time. A person's instrument ground time, because there's two columns in the instrument flying, isn't there? There's ground time and flight time. So ground time for the holder authorised way back, i.e. an instrument rating or whatever else, um, other than a simulated instructor or flight examiner, any time spent conducting simulated flight in a flight simulating training device solely by reference to instruments without simulated external visual reference points. All right. Otherwise, dual time if you don't hold the instrument rating. So that means you can count it. But it's essentially saying if you're an instructor examiner, you can't log the sim time. However, not something I'm going to really delve into right now, but one of the requirements in the regs is that as an instructor, any instructional activity you are required to log. So even though you might be in the simulator, you're not logging IF time, but you are or should be logging instructional time. Now, that used to go in the uh, logbook there. There were sort of three sections at the end of the left page there, uh, specialist columns. And I used to log ab initio and nav because, again, back in the day, uh, I had to log ab initio and nav for my grade two and grade one upgrades. We actually needed nav time as part of our instructional uh, upgrade process, whereas now it's just all initial delivery training. Again, they got rid of the ab initio term. Ab initio, for those that know, is effects of control, strength level, or the RPL kind of training. So make sure you are logging all that because that's something that a lot of instructors don't do because they didn't think they should be, but it is in the regs. All right. So the big thing to remember with all the instrument flying as well is that the important thing is, however, logging IF, um, great for the resume, but it needs to be meaningful. So just loading up sims and putting the autopilot on, coming back an hour later, don't be doing that. Make sure that it's helpful. Everything on your logbook, remember, is demonstrating your hours and experience and your performance when you do check flights and interviews and that sort of stuff. We'll be expecting to uh, 
really match up to that kind of experience. Don't just be putting stuff in your logbook for for fun. Adding extra things, adding extra hours, overinflating, again, is all illegal and it is also covered in this section. But I know you're all good people, so I didn't say that. All right. How's your head? Smashing, I reckon. Full of air law, lawyer speak. Probably one of the best bits in the fur of the regs there. It was really, really wordy. But hopefully that has cleared things up a bit for you and uh, you are better off knowing what we're talking about before. But especially those definitions with uh, logging IF and ICUS, hopefully that will put a few arguments to bed. I'd strongly suggest reading and uh, reading through with me and listening to it again. Um, if I got anything wrong, please let me know. I'm pretty sure it was all correct. But um, yeah, it can get confusing. And a lot of the recommendations uh, I give for these episodes with a lot of air law theory, and that is to have a listen and then listen to it again with the, the good stuff in front of you so you can read through. It'll stick a little bit better. All right, that is all for tonight slash this morning. It's now 12.30. I'm going to bed. Um, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Hopefully that helps you out. If you've got any questions, um, don't ask me. No, <laughs> flick them through. Info at trentrobertsonaviation.com.au. All the links to social media and everything else are online. And uh, you can message me there. I've Again, just some fantastic messages. I've heard from quite a few of you that have got jobs this week. Um, loving everything, how the podcast has helped you. And again, please keep telling me that sort of stuff. It's just... Uh, means the world to me and that's why i'm doing this to help you all out as i said keep sharing the podcast far and wide there's so many of you out there that don't know about it and the questions i keep seeing popping up online and everywhere else uh it's all the stuff that's in the podcast and more and if i haven't covered it yet let me know and i'll be happy to do so apple Podcasts and spotify you can leave comments you can leave feedback reviews um, Google reviews for Trent Robinson Aviation any of that all helps me and that's just a little way you can uh, give back and of course there's uh, Patreon if you are in a position to do so as well alright everybody have a fantastic week be safe and uh, I will see you next week All right, until then blue skies and remember the golden rule aviate, navigate, communicate cheers everyone <laughs>